Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, directed by Christopher McQuarrie and released in 2015. The plot of Mission Impossible Rogue Nation goes something like this. Ethan and team take on their most impossible mission yet, eradicating the syndicate, an international rogue organization as highly skilled as they are, committed to destroying the IMF. Yep. Okay, so um, Mission Impossible is the fifth movie in the series. Yeah, the first one came out in 1996, and I'm old enough that I saw it at the cinemas. I did too. With its Nokia 8210 phones. <laughs> yeah, and, and Tom Cruise dangling from the ceiling. Yeah, a legendary movie. No, I, I literally can't remember anything else about the movie except for Tom Cruise dangling well, from the ceiling. a bit like Goldeneye and like spy movies in general, I've seen it a few times, so I actually do remember that one reasonably well. Really? Um, what else happens in it? So Vanessa Redgrave is the big bad. She calls herself Job and he's got to look in a Bible to get a reference. The bit where he dangles from the ceiling, he's breaking into the CIA to get a particular list of agents, which again gets referenced in this one because there's a list of a list of um what bank agent, agents yeah bank accounts but there's also agents thought dead but yeah. yeah so I mean that kind of kind of works back into this one all that kind of spy stuff that we really only go so that we can watch the set pieces <laughs> yeah um, pretty much lots of explosions lots of chases all the and fun there stuff. are lots and lots of explosions and chases oh like my the God, that motorbike chase though the actual plot of this movie is very very I mean, it's fine. I actually thought it was quite good for what it, for the mm. movie it is, yep. but it doesn't take up much time. The whole movie is basically action set piece, action set piece, action set piece. Yeah, and they they Rebecca they f- Ferguson in a bikini, action set piece. Yeah, they, and they throw you right into it because they throw you into it with the one piece of marketing that this film has like hammered into everybody, which is the Tom Cruise hanging off the side of a plane scene. Yeah, and then we pretty much we have a few bits in between where Alec Baldwin gets to make speeches and Simon Pegg gets to sit at computers looking uh, bereft because his boyfriend is away. Alec Baldwin has ugly hands. Really? Yeah, I noticed that in this movie. Okay. He also does a really hilarious bit of acting where he just sort of like swings his head around a few times (laughs) that he did twice in this movie that made me laugh every time he did it. Yeah. Alec Baldwin at at this stage probably a bit like Tom Cruise, is sort of just showing up and playing Alec Baldwin. Yeah, pretty much. Has to move less than Tom Cruise, got to do less stunts and be less fit. But he just kind of, he's showing up to play Alec Baldwin and he's not not doing anything uh, out of the ordinary, out of that character. No, I think the the thing about this movie that I thought was really interesting is that Tom Cruise knows people don't like him. Mm -hmm. And this movie knows people don't like Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. So they surround him, like, so they have Simon Pegg with him at almost every turn to keep him likable because Simon Pegg is so utterly likable in this role and so just by virtue of this like ultimately incredibly likable character liking ethan then we like ethan yeah just because he does like there was a point in this movie and i'm skipping right to the end and spoiling where simon Pegg, benji and the girl are at a table in a restaurant and he and benji's got a bomb strapped to him and uh, rather amusingly, Ethan is literally just concerned with getting Benji out yeah, and not the girl at all. Well, I mean, she's, he, she's only been – we only met her at the beginning of this movie. This is a Mission Impossible movie. A woman can't well, last I longer only met, than one movie. I only met all of them at the beginning of this movie apart from Ethan and Luther because I've only seen the first one. Oh, right. I haven't seen any of the ones in the middle. Oh, okay. I've def- um, number two was – Oh, no, wait. I saw the Young Lee one, whichever that one was. No, I don't remember which one was the Young Lee one, but – so, yeah, my two was, was all right, actually. I think one of them had an Asian girl in it. Anyway. I feel like that – it was that one, but it, it – See, there was, I was a big gap. So, those two came out within a couple – like not a long gap between them and then there was a really big gap for the 
third one, which is the J.J. Abrams one, which has got um, Felicity. I never remember. Why do I know? Carrie Russell. Oh, Carrie Russell. And then the fourth like one, the fourth one, which is like maybe a couple of years after that, is uh, the Dubai one, which is not also not bad. It's a, I think directed by Brad Bird. Well, here's the thing. Okay, you're saying all this stuff, but like I was like, oh, Mission Impossible. I'm pretty sure in one of the Mission Impossible movies, he's riding on a motorbike with an Asian woman on the back through some buildings. That's a James Bond that's, movie. Yeah, that's um one with Michelle Yeoh. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, so. I'm clearly <laughs> conflating some of these spy movies in my head, uh-huh. but I've only seen, I think I saw the Young Lee one, but I'm not sure I did. And I know I saw the first one and that's it. So I don't know these yeah. people. But yeah, there's a, there's a bit where Benji's strapped to a bomb and Ethan is like, you have to let Benji go. You have to let Benji go. So finally they let Benji go. And I'm like, yep, the, uh, that's it. I'm done with the movie now. Mm. Anything else can happen from this point on. Benji's okay. So I don't care. There's some cute, uh, not much more does. Like there's some cute atmospheric, foggy London shots, which I think there's also I'm some sure out of focus shots, which really pissed oh, me I off. Oh, I didn't notice those. All right. Yeah. Cause I was really close to the screen. Oh. So there's, and there, it always seems to be Jeremy Renner, which is really strange. There's a few out of focus yeah. shots of Jeremy Renner in this movie. Oh, interesting. I didn't notice those. I, yeah. I was kind of excited about the London shots, which actually call back to the first one. Um, some of those Paris ones. Where okay. he loses his whole team. Yeah, so... Was there an elevator? Somebody died in an elevator? Yes. Yeah, it, it squishes him. Right. I've meant many things. These, he the, dangles from a ceiling and somebody dies in an elevator. And then this, there's that bit with the Asian woman on the back of the motorcycle. <laughs> these movies are kind of funny when they, they just kind of like reappear in your life every few years. And what they, I think most of what we can remember is actually from the first one. Because the ones in the middle, I just... Even this one, I, I probably... Haven't seen two the, years from now, I probably won't remember all that well. I haven't seen the famous, you know, stunt from the last one on the building. Oh, um, right. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously with me, my vertigo. That was like, oh God, get inside, would you please? But yeah, yeah. But, there's, but this is the thing, isn't it? Like, this is Tom Cruise knows people don't like him, and he knew that back in two thousand and eleven or whenever when that was made, that fourth one. And what he does it to make up for that or something, he doubles down on making a really simple, well constructed action movie, and then doing something to attract attention to like him and his stunt prowess. Mm. So you said so that one was the the Burj Khalifa building and this one was on the side of an aeroplane. And then when he fronts the media, he makes it all about all these crazy stunts that he did. Not just that. I mean, he's done a really good media tour for this. That appearance on Jimmy Fallon was really smart. Mm. He played yep. to like his past without actually, you know, recreating it. He was clever. But that's the thing is that I can say all this stuff. He's clever. He's good at stunts. He's a really good action hero. There's nothing going on behind his and eyes. And I get no I get no idea that he has a sense of humor about his past and about himself. No, because he smiles, but it's fake. Mm. He laughs, but it's fake. And there's nothing going on behind his eyes. So, yeah. like, when you're watching this movie, all of the emotional heavy lifting is being done by Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. All of it. Because a little help from Alec Baldwin and, and Jeremy Renner. Well, Jeremy Renner does and some Rebecca of it. And Rebecca Ferguson as well, I guess. Jeremy Renner does some of it because he has to be the guy who uh, is on in opposition to Ethan every so often. Mm. Doesn't ever get to be right still, but is occasionally in opposition to yeah. him. And I think he has kind of the toughest role in their little group mm. because he has to stay somebody that you like and somebody that you side with while going against the unbelievably, ridiculously qualified main guy, hero. Mm. I mean, Ethan is like nothing that happens to him ever feels like he's in peril. Like, yeah, he even, dies in this movie, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, even when he's underwater for four minutes or however long, and you're just like, yeah, no, he'll be all right. He's our hero. He's never going to die. So there is that tension in this, in that 
I can see it's a good movie. It's well put together. I enjoyed it. I certainly had a fun Friday night going out to see it. But I never felt like he's going to die. I was usually his team dies, but they they seem to have got such a good thing in Simon Pegg and probably also Jeremy Renner that they don't want to kill the team. And also they they were able to bring back Bing Rames and like that's pretty impressive too. But there's nothing to it that makes me like I never ever really feel the stakes. But also I don't get the same sense of fun that I get out of other spy action movies. I had I I had fun. Oh, I, I had fun, but but having also. Now, within a couple of weeks, watched Man from Uncle, which we're going to review later. I, I like my spy thrillers with a bit of fun and a bit of a wink in them, and there's no wink in this. I thought it was a bit winky. I mean, there's a bit. Uh, um, my favorite scene was the opera house scene. No, oh, yeah, that I was really, so really well done. liked that. It's that kind of the cliche of them just missing people, just missing each other, but it's mm. done in really neat using the spaceways. Oh um, yeah, yeah, and really good. Like it was shot so well. I had absolute clarity over what was going yep. on at which point even mm-hmm. though there's a lot going on and I love the way it used the location and the music mm. that was going on the operatic music was so clever and there's this moment in it when there's a guy Tom Cruise and and the guy he's fighting are on the ground and then they stand up and the guy keeps standing up and standing up and Tom Cruise has this little eye roll moment mm. where he's like I'm so short this guy's so tall and I was like <laughs> that's what you need to yeah, do that that's, stuff that's what you need to do to make Ethan seem like because then you're like this guy is actually going against the odds in mm, winning mm. but most of the time you're like he's going with the odds because he's good at everything yeah and you're like he gets on a motorbike and you're like well we saw this back in the second movie he's great on a motorbike of course he's going to be fine yeah also that by the way that chase scene ends with her standing in the middle of the road and him coming off the bike mm. i'm like you could go around trucks you can't go around one woman standing in the road mm. really <laughs> yeah i know so frustrating so yeah i mean there's these kind of you know, silly things. And it is, there's certain things that you're like, like that's stupid. Um, with the, with the, by the way, the big finale scene, mm. I was like, right, at the beginning of it, I went, okay, he's going to pose as the head of the spy organization. He's going to, like, I knew yeah, that that yeah. was what he was going to do. So there's a point at which he takes the mask and off and just, I was like, yeah, been waiting for it. Yeah, exactly. I, I knew exactly what was happening. So that was a bit frustrating for me. Yeah. But I mean, it was still like a good mission, both that one and the one where they had to go into the, um, the highly implausible water-cooled, um, whatever it was, big disc thing that was saving all the computer imprints. That that scene, you know, the impossible missions, that one, and then the bit where they had to, like, find the Prime Minister and get his voice print and all that sort of thing. That, to me, was really well, – that was good. They were genuinely impossible missions. Like, yeah. yeah. And they pulled them off. And you know they're going to pull them off. You're just waiting to see how they'll do it. And you know at some point he's going to pull a mask off and he's going to be him. Like, I almost look forward to those bits. Mm. And and I liked the uh, the glass box that fills up with gas that they put mm. Sean Harris oh, in. Oh, yeah, wow. That was very cool-looking mm. sort of thing. I think Sean Harris did a good job as well. Like, he sold – that villain was very creepy. Mm. I don't like how they treated the girl in this, and I can see why they can't hang, yeah. on, hang on to a female character mm-hmm. because they keep treating them so badly, and they treat her so badly, and she's so capable and so good. Yeah. And Rebecca Ferguson really has to, like – pull off kind of you don't know what side she's on but she's still kind of sympathetic and looks great in a dress um she like, really she's working her ass off here mm. she matches tom cruise step for step and she really did like he had her doing her own like she ended up doing a lot of her own stunts and she works every bit as hard as he does you know backwards in heels mm. and i feel sorry for her I, but i feel sorry for all the other women who've done really good job. paula Patton in the last one was really good and um Oh, it's an English actress who was in the second one. 
um, really thin black girl. Can't remember her name. Oh, Naomi Harris. No, uh, it's no, the other one. She Tandy was, Newton. Yeah, Tandy Newton. Naomi Harris was Money Penny in the Bond movies. Yeah, I, also very good. And then, uh, but even like Kerry Russell, like all uh, all of the women have done really well. I think it was um, Kristen Scott Thomas was in the first one, but also I think there was another woman as well, a French woman. Yeah, uh, she, oh, she Emmanuel Bayard. Yeah, they've all done really well, but they all kind of. All of them have to play roughly the same role, which is you don't never quite know which side they're on, and then at the end they go off because women back are to inherently their... distrust untrustworthy, yeah. which is something that comes up in um, Man from Uncle as well. By the way, women, yeah. there's a really big problem with this women are inherently untrustworthy concept, and that's something that they mm. do all through these spy movies. It's yep. always women are inherently untrustworthy, and I just can't. And it's always stand the women it. who are double crossing, and it's no. and the women in, in and then Mission they always Impossible go, "Oh, I understand. It's your job. It. I would do it too." But like, y- you, you didn't. Don't. We don't see you do that. Yeah. So it's just really frustrating for me, and yeah. I found it very frustrating in this movie because I really liked her. Yeah. And so, um, and also there's like when Sean Harris is touching her face, that was so unnecessary mm, and gross, creepy. and I hated so that. Creepy. And they don't even like they can't even be bothered putting a token woman on that panel of judges yeah. that Alec Baldwin and, and the, Jeremy um, Renner face. The, the congressional hearing, yeah. No, not, not even at all. There are no women in Congress having oversight of the There's one token services. black guy and no token women on that Which, thing. Which, that might be accurate, but the thing is, you're a movie, you can do better than that. Well, they could have even put a woman in Alec Baldwin's role in this. Like, Easily. They, they no no problem at all. Stop doing the same thing. It's really yeah, irritating. Yeah, and it's, it's really male-dominated. And there's no – there is – not only is there no other woman in the team, there's just no other woman on screen Yeah. Involved. No, there are. Um, the first woman we get to see talking is shot. The <laughs> oh, yeah, second her. woman we get well, – then, then there are actually two women on screen at the same time actually, at once in this movie. Mm. They both work for the CIA and they're both non-white. Um, there's a an Asian girl and a black girl in, working for the CIA, yeah. uh, and we see the Asian girl do a thing, and I was like, "Oh, is she going to come too?" No, I, that would have been great. I was yeah. like, I was all she's, ready for her. She's to come got a name and everything, and she's called Lauren. But yeah, nothing. And it would be it would be nothing. Like she comes in and she does the lie detector test on Simon Page. Mm. Like, wh- why not? Why couldn't she be in the team? Why co- she's clearly got a particular skill set. She works in the CIA. Why not? It's amazing how they managed to pick up white guys and not mm. have anybody else. And it's but that's the thing yeah. is that you can see like Simon Page, Jeremy Renner, and and Tom Cruise. They seem like an odd kind of team, but they work very nicely mm. in and and. Ving Rhames is totally underused in this movie, but yep. y- you can see how they work well mm. together because each of them is providing something that Ethan needs because Ethan by himself is not an inherently interesting or trustworthy character. Oh, in- no. Or likable, not trustworthy, likable yeah. character. So, and there's this bit. <laughs> so at the end of the movie, I was spending a lot of time going, like, I basically the whole movie, I was just going, he's so adorable about Simon Pegg. And at the end of it, I was like, somebody has to give Benji a hug, right? Right? This is the point when Benji needs a hug. Benji never gets one. Tom Cruise pats him on the shoulder at one point, and I'm like, it's it's that Tom Cruise kind of, oh, I can't be seen as doing anything even slightly gay. Mm. Like, he was obsessed with this in his youth as well. When yeah. he, uh, apparently he's... on The Outsiders, he would go around on set talking about how he wasn't gay yeah, and how gay was He's notoriously litigious about it as well. If anyone who publishes rumours of him being gay. But then, yeah, he's t- clearly, like, terrified. It's all no homo. But then it's so much homo. Yeah. It's all homosocial relationships. He does a lot of movies about – like, pretty much every movie he's ever done has been about his cockiness and dealing with homosocial relationships mm. and getting around that and learning to work with other men. Like, that is literally all he does. Every single movie he does it over and over again. And it's it's really weird. 
Well, this is, but the thing about this movie is, I think the sweetest scene in it is after Ethan dies and, um, Ilsa, which I thought was a great name. I liked that. Mm -hmm. Ilsa Faust. Yeah. Um, so Ilsa brings him back and, uh, and then Benji comes in. Yeah. And he's laid out on the ground and Benji just kind of like, kind of melts and goes over and is like, at some point you're going to go too far. And there's very, it's a very nice scene. Yeah. And, and, Ethan can't really do anything about it because he's just lying down there on the yeah. ground. And that was like the sweetest, most emotional kind of most resonant scene in the movie. So this is what he needs to do if he's going to keep doing this. You can't just pretend that that's not happening. Yeah. You've got to actually do it. Guys. Tom Cruise, is, is his whole career at the moment is him pretending that movie stars are still what they were in the mid-90s. He hasn't changed. Well, his... he is, uh, according to, you know, everybody, the last great movie star, well, which I think is a real problem because I think if you look at people like Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence is a movie star. Mm. She's a movie star. Bradley Cooper is we a movie star. We still have movie stars. It's just that things have moved on and they don't work in the same way they did in the mid-90s when he was people were showing him the money. Like, it just doesn't work and he hasn't quite grasped it. He's tr- He's doing different things. He is following the playbook he's following the rules but the rules are not what no they're not working for him anymore and he doesn't seem to have quite grasped that he's it's not just that though i think even in the 90s he wouldn't have he was always a bit weird with the scientology (laughs) well there's the scientology problem and i think actually the scientology problem is the biggest problem that he has yeah um which is that he's not the the thing about scientology i think i've said this before is that it teaches you to be really intensely interested in what other people have to say mm. while not volunteering any information about yourself whatsoever. Yeah. And that's not how a relationship works. And that's not how a relationship with an audience works. Mm. You have to put some of you into your role in order for it to resonate with the yeah. audience, yep. right? Yeah. Which is what, you know, this is why uh, people like Jennifer Lawrence is so well-liked is because Jennifer Lawrence is like, her yeah all the time we get unfortunately a, then Kristen stewart is not liked for doing the same thing yeah we get but, a real idea of who she is but that doesn't matter because both of them are, are genuine and both of them have big fan bases and both of them are good actresses yeah that's right i said it um they so, are what i know like, but Kristen stewart is widely hated and i Kristen think she's Stewart's a good actress excellent yeah. like people are just awful people are awful about twilight but people are awful because she's very unapologetic about who she is and how she does things. But well, they also say she's only got one facial expression. And I'm like, yes, but that's because she's acting like emotionally and not like, mm. you know, doing facial contortions like Jim Carrey. Right. Um, she, she, exactly. She's a good screen actress in that you, the, the key to good screen acting is doing less, but also showing it. Like, yeah. Anyway, but beside the point, but both of them, both, I mean, they're movie stars, but they're also, they understand the current era and how to work. They, they're not just trying to be a movie star on a pedestal the way Tom Cruise I think wants to he wants to be that and he's it's just I know, not working but I for just, him I still don't think that even in the era of of when he was when big, he was he still he was wouldn't always, be able to do it like I don't think it would last even if that era was lasting I well, don't think it he yeah. his He's not likable because he's not giving us anything to like. Which he's only giving us what he thinks we want and he's not giving us any of himself. And which, even if like you want to be private in interviews and stuff you have to share something, even if it's just through your acting, for us to like you. Yeah. And that's why people don't like Tom Cruise. And everybody keeps going, you know, it's because of this, it's because of that. It's not. It's because he's not giving us any of who he is. Mm. And when you think back through his canon, like 
you can see that back as far as Top Gun, which is probably why I'm most familiar with. Anthony Edwards does a lot of the heavy lifting there. Val Kilmer does a lot of the heavy lifting there. Yep. And that that character I described, that Tom Cruise character of the unlikable cocky guy who, who gets his comeuppance but is brought into line and learns how to behave with people, he he doesn't do all the work of the movies. Jerry Maguire, he has Cuba Gooding and Renee Zellweger doing that heavy lifting stuff, that emotional work. Yep. Where And he's just like rolling on through being Mr. Big Movie Star. He has all this charisma. Mm. Which is, but that's charisma is what you described as being taught by Scientology, mm. which is pretending to be more interested in other people. Which is, yeah, I mean, the I secret to charisma. I don't know if they're pretending. The secret to charisma is being more interested in other people than you are in yourself, right? But obviously, where it becomes sinister is what you describe of, of not giving anything of yourself, which means you're not in proper relationship with people. But that, that being interested in other people, that is incredibly charismatic, and he's incredibly good at that. Mm. Yeah, um, and you can see it further back. But if you go right back to stuff like Risky Business, business mm. i mean i think the real tom cruise is a little bit of a jerk but yeah if you go back to that you can see that but there's also some kind of vulnerability and stuff and there's no mm. there's been no vulnerability in tom cruise for the last 20 years yeah you can't like somebody with no vulnerability which is why we don't like ethan yeah and it's when, why we don't like tom cruise which is why he needs that team around him to humanize him yeah but it, they, and they do a good job because as i said i spent the entire movie like simon Pegg has a moment earlier in the movie where he does the uh, speech where he's like, I'm going with you. You can't make the decision for me. I Actually, I feel like Simon Pegg was very much a female, coded female yeah, role. Yeah, well, even movie. down to being kidnapped and having to be rescued. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, but this is what women always have to do in movies. Mm. They're like, you yeah, don't get lifting. to stay this. No, you don't get to do decision, make decisions for me. I'm going to come with you. Women always have to do yeah. that. Yeah. But, but when, I mean, when he did that, at that point, I was like, oh my God, if they kill him, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah. Fortunately, they just like threatened to kill him. But that scene, I thought that was the scene where he was basically telling us he was going to die. Yeah, and I think you just said they do a good job. It's because Tom Cruise, for all his faults, is still a pro. He really he knows how to hire people who know what they're doing. Like Christopher McQuarrie has been now working on Tom Cruise movies since about 2008. He's done, he's done a whole bunch of them. But he's also a really experienced screenwriter. Like he goes back as far as um, the usual suspects. He's been around for years and years. The dialogue knows, was pretty trite in this yeah, movie for but, somebody who's... Who, yeah, but he knows his way around a story. Like, he doesn't... Yeah. Do, he's not... I don't think he cares that much about the dialogue. He knows his way around a story. He knows how to frame a tight action plot and make it work. And no one's doing anything special or weird or risky, but he brings in people like Christopher McQuarrie, like J.J. Abrams, like Brad Bird, who are... Who know what they're doing, mm. and they can they can deliver a product, whether or not it's it's right or brilliant or excellent. They can deliver a consistent, non risky product that people will go along and watch and enjoy, and will keep Tom Cruise's bank account ticking over. That's pretty and much has it. nice shots of various locations. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're pros. Like, uh, yeah, I think he likes to travel and he likes to likes to do stunts. So you know, they let him do a few stunts. They. Again, they bring in like the best stunt people ever. Like whoever, the the stunt crew that coordinated that hanging off the side of a plane thing. Like that is incredible work. Can I just say uh, the second assistant director, first assistant director, the first AD on this movie uh, was a guy called Greg Smurz, mm. who was the first AD on Fantastic Four oh. and who started out as a stunt guy. Yeah, exactly. So they, they bring in people who really know what they're doing. Uh, there are a couple of things, that, other things I wanted to yeah. mention. One of them is I spent this whole movie going, why is everybody trying to hunt down Simon Pegg? So Sean Harris kind of looks a bit like Simon Pegg to me. Yeah. And the first, when I saw the guy shoot the girl, the British girl who we see in the head in front of Ethan, the I was shop, like, yeah. why? Uh, 
like that looks like Simon Pegg in a mask. Yeah. Is Simon Pegg the bad guy? And then they do, and then I feel like figured out it wasn't. But then also they they have a drawing that Ethan did of the bad guy, and that drawing looks just like Simon Pegg. I swear. And so the whole time I was like, why are they hunting down Simon Pegg again? And then I would remember, but it kind of it threw me off. I didn't have that kind of face blindness, but this is a this is a really good lesson in why you shouldn't just cast white guys. Yeah, in it your is. Movie. But also that drawing, if they're going to do it, then at least do a Make drawing, the drawing that- look like the person. Like exaggerate the facial features that are really different Mm. because it really was me going, kind of going, oh, that because then Simon Pegg was with Ethan and so Benji was with Ethan and so I was like, oh, they must be hunting him down. But then why did the other guys have it? it, Yeah, every time I had to kind of readjust a little bit. And a movie like this, you can't, you can't afford that because I mean that that's why the whole the main team all looks quite different. But you, you, um, you can't afford that. Lines too. There's a bit. Where they're looking at the pictures and he's like, what do you notice about these pictures? And then he's like, oh, he doesn't know this guy, but he knows her. It's like he <laughs> likes oh her. It was very cheesy. And then there's a line that I swear the whole audience just we cracked up at at the end of the movie where uh, Alec Baldwin says, Ethan Hunt is the manifestation of destiny. Yeah, I know. That doesn't even mean anything. It was so funny. We couldn't so stop stupid. laughing. There's like, like we have Alec Baldwin, so we should get him to do some big speeches. Yeah, there are some really great shots in this movie. Especially, they do a lot of overhead shots, mm. moving overhead shots, which are really Drones, interesting. Probably. Well, maybe, but I mean, you know, they're using yeah, them cool. well. It, it worked yeah. quite nicely, especially the opera house scene, which I like oh, the best. Coming out of the opera house when they're running and she takes off her shoes and they run along the roof. That is so well done. It is everything in that scene kind of fit together the best for me it wasn't like you know a motorbike chase or anything but it was and it wasn't the showiest one no which i think is maybe why i liked it a little bit but more because it, it wasn't showy it technically wasn't technically the most difficult they were, you know, were up on the roof catwalks and the different levels of catwalk and then she's in one place and the blonde flautist is in another place and there's security the guy guards. with the amazing cheekbones yeah yeah oh my goodness there was a guy cast in this movie who looked like this is gonna sound terrible he looked like a Nazi. Yes, Aryan was the word I was about to. I was about to sprout out. <laughs> he looked like the Nazis would have like found yes. this man and put him yes. on every poster they had because he had like these amazing cheekbones and jawline, and he was so like white and strong. A total Aryan perfection. Yes, and we're shooting in Austria, so like Hitler's hometown. I feel bad. The guy's uh, probably a really nice guy, but, but that that face, I was just like, But the wow. irony probably wasn't lost on anybody. And all the other guards had long-sleeved shirts on and he had a short-sleeved yeah. shirt on because his arms were so big. Yeah. I loved it. It made me very happy. I loved that. Uh. Uh, but there's other things like every so often, you know when he, uh, when Ethan was handcuffed to the pole and then he climbed up Oh yeah, 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 yep, yep. He's where it's showing like, off. Yeah, he's just showing off. It's like See, it's like hanging on the movie, side of a plane. Might... It's just showing off. No, but hanging on the side of the plane was plot related. But there's Still no reason. Showing off. I know, but it's showing off for plot-related reasons doesn't bother me because, mm. like, if he's hanging off the side of the plane for showing off, I'm still like, oh, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. But that thing was just showing off, I'm strong and I'm 50. And there's no reason why the yeah. keys to the handcuffs wouldn't work. The whole point of that scene was her throwing him the keys to the mm. handcuffs so they should work so that that builds the trust between them instead of him having to save himself. Yeah. So it's actually 
bad for the plot for him to do that. This, so that annoys me. Yeah, this I'm 50 is the problem, isn't it? That those kind of scenes where he climbs backwards up the pole and he runs away shirtless, they just smack of like, look, I'm still cool, I'm still cool, look how fit I still am. And the thing about those is also that it makes me think of him being a Scientologist, and that's a real problem. Cause it makes me think happened- of him being 50, but yes, sure, that no, too. No, it happened a couple of times, and and I always get this – thing in my head because I've seen the uh, the recruitment video that he did. Yeah, yes. And you know in the – have you seen it? Yeah. There's a moment when he says, if there's a car accident, I'm the only one who can help because I am like I, – I don't have the weaknesses of normal people because I've surpassed this. Mm. Um, which is possibly why he doesn't give us any of himself because he's a yeah, nutcase. Yeah, he genuinely believes that about um, himself. But that's the thing is that when you watch – so when I watched that, I thought of that. And when I watched mm. one – oh, the car chase. Yeah. Um, actually, the motorbike chase, there's a scene that I'm positive was an accident that they kept on screen, which is where his knee touches the road and he pulls it up. Yeah. Did you see that? I did, but having watched a bit of motorbike racing in my time, that's part of the thrill of motorbike racing. Getting your knee on the ground is like something they aim for. Yeah, I don't think they were aiming for it in this movie because he was supposed to still be wearing the clothes that he'd been wearing that he just picked up somewhere. And so he was like... The other guys were putting their knees on the ground, right? And he but was he kind of avoiding because he was it because, still in jeans and he didn't or have a helmet on, and it yeah. was all very brave. Um, and there's a moment when he he does it, and he looks down at his leg, which is why I uh, think it was an accident. So you've got this moment of humanity. But this is the thing: is that he looks down at his leg, and he just sort of calmly picks it up, and you can see that there's a bit of the pants that he's wearing that have come off, mm. and that made me think of him being a Scientologist as well. Yeah, so yeah. This, like, it's a really odd – I know that's such a strange thing for me to talk about, but there were these really odd kind of moments. And I'm positive, positive that that was accidental. Yeah. It was just part of like they were just shooting and he accidentally knocked his knee on the ground. But it was a good shot. But because he's it. Tom Cruise, though, it was just so weird that he would like look down at his knee and go, huh, and pick it up when that clearly probably hurt. Yeah, like that moment of almost like unsurpassed self-control. Right, level, it's creepy. Yeah, and, and this is a problem with Tom Cruise now. You can't separate him from the Scientology thing and you can't separate him, more importantly, from the iron-fisted self-control that he has. And that's why you they just, put him with Benji. Mm, because Benji needs, has none. Benji, yeah, exactly. He's all id. He's all like, what? My seatbelt? Ah! Like, he's <laughs> fantastic. The bit, I sweat. I'm sorry. I just actually grabbed the microphone because um, I was picturing myself grabbing his little face. You know the bit at the end of the movie when he's sitting down with the bomb on him <gasps> and oh, every God. single thing is in his face for five minutes of yeah. that scene? And he, right? you can like, see how terrified he is. Every single oh, thing is on that face, yeah. like his his fear and his courage and his like unbelievable gratitude at his friend coming to help him. And oh, it's just so good. It's, yeah, it's such good acting. Yeah, and you put that against Tom Cruise, who's not acting, and his you know smile, but not from the eyes up. It's it's just that's a perfect to me. Like mm. I feel like I could just cut that scene out and show it to. Like film studies, acting classes, well, acting yeah. classes, or film studies classes is like an ultimate sort of. This is what acting is, and this isn't because it's Simon Pegg is just doing everything in that moment, and you yeah. feel so much for Benji in this stupid action movie where you don't feel anything for ninety percent of the time, right? Yeah, like, and then Benji just looks so so scared. It comes, it comes back to that thing about. When you act, you need to give something to the audience and it's hard because you have to 
put your ego aside in a big way and Tom Cruise is not successful at doing that. It's so silly, but I feel like Simon Pegg should just, like, people should just look at him in this movie and go, like, this is a masterclass of acting for me. Yeah. Because this yeah. is, A, how how you use somebody like him. Mm-hmm. He is used perfectly for it. And I think Tom Cruise just has this, like, utilizing people kind of sense. He's really he good. He picks use. the best people. That's why he's given Christopher McQuarrie so many chances. But also Jeremy Renner. Yeah. And then you, you pick, so he picks Simon Pegg and then Simon Pegg just kind of, He's in this perfect role for him, and he's so likable. Mm. He never does anything that I don't like. He never does anything sleazy. Mm. He never does anything that's like mean. But he does a lot of relatable things. Yeah, yeah. Where you know, time. well, he's he is the, the world. only one we can relate to because even Rebecca Ferguson, who is more relatable, she has incredible skills that no one in the audience could ever think of having. We Jeremy could, Renner, I related to a little bit. I, yeah, a, li- a little uh, to him as well. Like you know whatever, being a manager or working for the government kind of thing. Yeah. I relate to that. But Simon Pegg, most of the audience can, and let's be honest, this is a nerd audience, we can relate to. We can relate to being the IT guy. Playing video games at work. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, like, he does these, you know, um, be join the IMF, see the world from behind a monitor. Yeah. You know, things like that <laughs> where he's just so cute. And he makes him so, he, they make him so likable so that every time he's in danger, actually, the the scene that freaked me out the most was when the car flipped a bunch of times. But, I, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that, partly because I had an accident not that long ago where another car flipped and it freaked me out. But but also yeah. because I was like, they can't survive that. And Benji's passed out and everybody just keeps going, we're okay. Are you okay? And he's clearly passed out. And I'm like, he could be dead. You don't know. Well, I was – and that Benji's the one you're genuinely scared for. Like, I'm scared for him when he gets on the plane to Vienna because I'm like, that's you walking out on your job and your livelihood and you're yeah. not Ethan. Like, if you lose your job and you don't have the support of IMF, you're not doing so great. I know, but and I, I the really, support of Ethan. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so I feel for him. I'm like, Ethan, you better come through for him. Yeah, you better exactly. come through for my cinnamon roll. Exactly, and then when he gets kidnapped, you're just like, oh, my God, how did you yeah. let him get kidnapped? Ethan, you've got to come through for my cinnamon roll. <laughs> it really is. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good in this. I think that's what should people should be writing about, not Tom Cruise doing stunts, but just because, how good. Hmm. Because it's not – That's what Tom Cruise wants you to write about you, as well. You think it's – like this kind of stuff happens in, in action movies all the time. It just looks easy. Mm. But Simon Pegg does it to an extent that's so much more than easy. Well, he has to put so much more into that. If you want a good action movie, it isn't easy and you have to work and you have to give them the emotional core and the yeah. because that's how we build the stakes. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I have blubbed about Simon Pegg enough, <laughs> I think. The thing is, like, Simon Pegg is somebody who I've, I've watched in a lot of things. I think the only other movie that I think he was as good in as this is Hot Fuzz. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But, but Hot Fuzz, he's playing a very different type of character. Yeah, yeah, but I think very. he's as good in Hot Fuzz as this. But that's the only time I've at the time I've seen him be good. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Nick Angel, yeah, um, is not as likable as Benji is. And I'm no, so I... impressed with myself for remembering that name, by the way. But yeah, uh, even though I knew he was good in that, like I've never had that kind of. This movie just made me go, oh, my God, I worship yeah. at the altar. Because I've always liked him. And he's got the Star Trek and Star Wars things going on and yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's a nerd like us. Yeah, he is a nerd like us. But he's, he's writing and, the new Star Trek. Yeah, and when he does a nerd property, which, you know, this is a nerd property of, of sorts, he knows like, – he's, he's making playing it, a nerd in this, yeah, which he doesn't do that often. And he, But he's making it for people like him. And he's play, he wants to play the nerds for himself. So I think that's that shows. Yeah, and it's – Man, 
Mm. It's just really impressive. And I just liked him so much. Yeah. He was basically what got me through this. Because, I mean, you can watch all the cool action scenes and and I genuinely did really like that opera house scene and stuff. Mm. But Mm. if you don't have that person... Yeah, What's because for? because this is a an eminently forgettable movie. Like I, it's been a I week since I, I almost, saw it, and I'm I'm already forgetting it. So I almost kind of want to take him out and put him in Man from Uncle. Oh my gosh! And it would yeah make everything better. <laughs> okay, yeah. so what are you going to give uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation? Uh, I think it's probably only worth three stars, although it was good. Yeah, I said three. Yeah, all right. It was only good enough for three because until Tom Cruise can act again. And yeah, three stars. and exactly until it makes is a movie that I come back and watch again. Three stars. All right, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes, you can find them on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to uh, find us on social media, we're all over the place. We are tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, and on Twitter at screen underscore queens. If you want to read Katie's review of Mission Impossible Rogue Nation or any other movies she watches, you can find them on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Um, And remember, if you uh, leave us a rating or a review and a review on itunes we will watch any movie that you want us to watch so any movie anything as long as it's not porn we will watch anything you want us to watch so remember to rate and review us on itunes thank you very much bye